is the Story Mobile Podcast. We are a solar-powered moving art space that travels to events and through neighborhoods to collect your stories. The St. Paul Almanac book was created in 2005 and has since been released annually. The goal is to bring together the diverse community of St. Paul through literary arts. The Almanac is a meeting place for sharing stories and artwork of our community. This year, the St. Paul Almanac released their 11th volume, On a Collected Path. As part of a reading festival, authors have gathered at various venues throughout St. Paul to read their fabulous work. On Tuesday, May 16th, readers gathered at Common Good Books to read their pieces from St. Paul Almanac's Volume 11, On a Collected Path. All right, we're going to get started. My name is Donna Isaac. I have one piece in the uh, Almanac. Again, they are for sale right up front, 1995, beautiful book. You have to have it. This one's called To Grandma Dolores, Suffering from Louis Body Dementia. Louis Body Dementia is a widely underdiagnosed disease. It's often confused with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's. The uh, discoverer of the disease, Dr. Friedrich Louis, discovered abnormal protein deposits that disrupt brain function. It also disrupts thinking, behavior, perception. One of the effects can be experiencing complex visual hallucinations. So this poem has a little bit about that in there. And Grandma Dolores used to live on the east side. Remember the good times we had on Magnolia Avenue where all the St. Paul streets were named after flowers? Yours was the only pink house on the block. Christmas visits were particularly special. Snow boots by the door, cookers bubbling with spaghetti sauce, the secret recipe Rose Totino had shared, a rec room filled with ripped Christmas wrappings, and a silver tree that rotated and played Oh Holy Night. <laughs> Remember that New Year's Eve party when Grandpa dressed up like the New Year's baby, sporting a diaper and a golden sash? He used to chase us around the house, snapping false teeth in hand. That was a little scary. Remember the beauty of your summer garden, zinnias, snapdragons, and gladiolas? Despite your love of pretty things, I learned you were not always very happy. What made you so sad? Was it not getting to go to school like your little sister Margie, riding the streetcar to pick rags rather than to read books? Was it your sad name or having eight children with a husband who liked his bump of Fleischmann's and trips to Lenway's lounge? In later years, your love for Frank was like a color you wore upon your dress. I happen to know that he could be a hard man to love, especially with a shot glass in hand. You cried after Grandpa passed, wishing you could go too. Now you live in a center called Evergreen. Your lazy boy has a broken footrest, and your eyes, once bright as a winter-fed spring, stare blankly, ancient cataracts sparking like a sputtering lamp. I hope you like the tiny manger scene I brought you from the Vatican. I enjoyed our conversation, which seemed to flow like yarn once flew between your knitting needles. 
It was nice walking down to the lunchroom with you. Everyone in Evergreen seemed kind, even though the fellow with the Roy Orbison sunglasses tried to steal your banana cake. I'm glad you enjoyed the vegetable soup. Wasn't that funny when that one woman tried to take my coat and followed me to your room? She also tried to follow me out, insisting her husband was bringing the car around. Don't forget, though, that Grandpa has been gone now some 25 years, so you could not have seen him singing off-key in a church service while the Lutherans drank near beer and a nurse served cookies. Also, I really don't think that a nurse would threaten you with a kick in the teeth. <laughs> I'm so sorry you thought you saw a baby's head wrapped in a sweater in the sink or that you saw Frank sticking his head in a mailbox. How scary. Be assured that these are imaginings, not real. Remember, too, my mom, your eldest girl, is also gone, about four years now. She's laid to rest at the Fort Snelling Cemetery. Please don't worry about the terrorist you see on TV. No need to keep cutting your phone cord. I was real glad to see you, Grandma, because I love you. Remember, some things you think you see aren't real, but I am and you are. Like the Velveteen Rabbit, a story we once read, your love makes me come alive. Thank you. I thought I would read one more just to close this out because I, I found this poem that I had written and has an allusion to Garrison Keillor since we're in his bookstore, so I thought I'd read this one. And it's a little lighter than the last one. Small talk. These damn things are supposed to be alphabetized but they're not, says the harried lady in front of the grocery store spice rack. I then help her find Jamaican jerk seasoning. At the baby shower in the French bistro, I make small talk with an out-of-town guest who tells me she is from Virginia. I used to live in Virginia, too. Whereabouts are you? Tawano, outside of Williamsburg. You probably never heard of it, she says. A lady with glasses offers the following. I never order salads in restaurants. I'll be in the bathroom five minutes later. That might be an example of TMI, I think. The expecting mother tells the table, I'd like to name the baby Laura or Lauren. Beautiful day today, snow later, says the shopper with a little dog. At the casino, a man with a walker asks me, what are you reading? the last full measure about the Minnesota 1st Regiment in the Civil War. Oh, my great-great-great-grandfather named Holy fought in this regiment. Oh, then you have a famous legacy, I say. Oh, no, he laughs. He was just a peon, but once I helped Kirby Puckett change a flat tire, and he gave me an autographed baseball bat. That's about the closest I've come to fame. We'll see what happens when you're a good person, I tell him. At the New Year's communal dinner, a lady with her daughter tells me, we're going to see three doors down. We're just beginning our celebration. It's funny, I had just read an article by Garrison Keillor who says we have lost the art of small talk and writes about chatting with a fellow in Okeechobee, Florida, who asks Keillor, how do you like that car? In reference to a rented Kia. Keeler says most people today don't dabble in small talk, being too busy staring at phones or electronic devices. 
It's ironic then that I actually encountered people who in fact did not mind a little small talk, even though I did have to interrupt the chattering New Year's mom with a basket of past rolls because she was so busy taking a selfie of her daughter and herself. Finally, noticing the bread, she looked startled and said, I guess we better pay attention. Yes, I think. Attention is really what we need. To hear more stories, learn more about Storymobile, and to find out where we'll be pedaling off to next, visit storymobile.org.